Welcome back to the Merkle Treehouse, the podcast that brings you the latest news and insights on all things Bitcoin. I'm your host, Audrey Merkel, and in today's episode, we'll be diving deep into the world of banking and finance. Joining us on the show today is award-winning journalist Morton Anger, who will be sharing his insights on the current state of the banking industry and what it means for the future of finance. We'll also be hearing from experts in the field and discussing possible solutions to mitigate the risks. Let's get this party started. Bitcoiners have been warning for years about the pseudoscience of fiat economics and the frailty of the worldwide debt-driven economy under the U.S. dollar. But there were others sounding alarm bells along the way. Award-winning journalist Morton Anger is standing by with details. Mort? Hello there, this is Morton Anger reporting live from outside the Fitch Ratings headquarters in New York City. The view from here is simply awe-inspiring. The towering building stands tall and proud, casting a shadow over the bustling street below. The sounds of honking horns and screeching tires fill the air, creating a symphony of chaos. The smell of hot dogs and pretzels waft through the air, tempting passers-by with their delicious aromas. People rush past me, some in business suits, others in casual attire, all seemingly in a hurry to get to their destination. The energy of the city is palpable and invigorating. As I stand here, I can't help but think about the important work being done inside the Fitch Ratings building. The decisions made within those walls can have far-reaching consequences on the financial world and beyond. Back in January, Fitch Ratings made it known that stablecoin issuers such as Tether, Circle, and Paxos were facing some serious risks of contagion related to the cryptocurrency ecosystem. They also warned of the potential counterparty risks that Silvergate Bank's sudden deposit drop had brought to light given its role as a critical custodian for crypto entities. And now, with the onset of bank failures, it's becoming increasingly clear that stablecoins aren't living up to their name. Although stablecoin issuers maintain collateralization reserves at least equal in size to the value of their issuance, these reserves are often held in different currencies than what the stablecoin purports to represent. This creates a high degree of counterparty risk. An honest stablecoin issuer would reserve one for one, the currency the stablecoin should represent, not collateralized with other assets. With the recent failures of U.S. banks that act as custodians for stablecoin deposits, such as Silvergate Bank, Signature Bank, and Silicon Valley Bank, it is clear that stablecoins are not immune to the risks that the traditional financial system faces. Listen up, folks. We should be shifting towards using Bitcoin instead of relying on so-called stablecoins. And here's why. Bitcoin runs on a decentralized network that doesn't require banks or third-party custodians. This means transactions are secure and can't be tampered with, thanks to the power of cryptography. With Bitcoin, we can eliminate counterparty risk and say goodbye to issues that come with relying on a centralized system. Furthermore, Bitcoin has a finite supply of 21 million coins, and it is not subject to inflation or manipulation by central authorities. It is a truly decentralized and permissionless currency that anyone can use and transact with, regardless of location or socioeconomic status. Thank you and good day. Thank you, Mort. The bottom line is that neither the government nor the Federal Reserve have a magic wand to stabilize the economy. Stablecoin issuers don't have the answers either. They are only repeating the failures of fiat finance with different gatekeepers. 
We take you now to Eli's corner where Eli will explain counterparty risk. Eli. Hi, my name is Eli. Have you ever traded toys with a friend? It's fun, right? But what if your friend forgets to give you back your toy or gives you a broken one? That's not so fun, is it? That's what is called counterparty risk, when you count on someone else to hold or trade your things, and they might not give them back or give you something bad in return. Now imagine this but bigger, like with money. If you put your money in a bank, you're trusting them to keep it safe for you, right? But what if the bank makes a mistake or does something bad with your money? That's counterparty risk too, and it can be really bad for our whole economy. My big sister experienced counterparty risk when my dad put all of her college savings in a stablecoin called Terra Luna, and then it crashed to zero. Now she'll have to go to community college and work the drive-thru at Shakey's, but I think she's better off not going to some woke indoctrination disguised as higher education. Anyway, when people don't trust banks or other big institutions to keep their money safe, they might stop putting their money there. This can make it harder for businesses to get loans to grow or hire new workers, and it can even cause big problems for the whole country's economy. That's why some people like Bitcoin so much. It's like keeping your money in your own toy box instead of giving it to a friend to hold on to. You have control over it, and you don't have to worry about someone else messing it up or losing it. Okay, bye. Thank you, Eli. And now another comedy set by the lovely and talented Sarah Nichols. Hey there, folks. It's great to be back. Now, I don't know about you, but I like my money like I like my men. Stable, reliable, and hard. Stable coins just don't cut it. You know what they say about stable coins? They're about as stable as my love life. One minute, everything's great, and the next thing you know, it's all falling apart. That's why I stick with good old Bitcoin. No counterparty risk there. Plus, have you seen those Bitcoin guys? Wow. Now, those are some masculine men I can be trustless with. Am I right, ladies? Speaking of counterparty risk, you know what they say about it, right? It's like going on a blind date with a guy who's totally legit and definitely not a scammer, only to find out he's still living with his mom and has no job. That's why I go for Bitcoin. It's like the Superman of money, decentralized, secure, and impervious to manipulation. You don't need to worry about some sneaky counterparty causing your investment to go belly up. And let's be honest, nothing screams masculine like something that's impervious to manipulation. <laughs> but seriously, folks, if you want a money that's truly stable and reliable, Bitcoin is the way to go. Its fixed supply and decentralized network mean that it's not subject to inflation or the whims of a central authority. And if that doesn't make you feel safe and secure, I don't know what will. So there you have it, folks. Stable coins and counterparty risk are a thing of the past. Thanks to Bitcoin, we can finally breathe easy knowing that our finances are safe and secure. And if you need me, I'll be in the crowd swooning over all the buff Bitcoin stallions out there. Hubba hubba. Thank you, Sarah. I like your style. And now to wrap up this episode, we send you to the good Reverend Smith with Sunday service. Take it away, Reverend. 
Dear brothers and sisters, today I want to talk to you about a risk that is present in many areas of our lives, including our financial dealings, counterparty risk. This is the risk that the other party in a financial transaction may default on their obligation to you, leaving you without your money or asset. Counterparty risk is a real danger, and we must take steps to protect ourselves from it. In the Bible, we are told to be wise and prudent with our finances. In Proverbs 22, 3, it says, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. This means that we must be aware of the risks and take steps to protect ourselves. One way to protect ourselves from counterparty risk is to use a decentralized currency like Bitcoin. With Bitcoin, we don't have to rely on any single entity, such as a bank or a government, to store and transfer our wealth. Instead, Bitcoin operates on a decentralized network of computers where transactions are verified by multiple parties. In contrast, traditional financial systems are rife with counterparty risk. For example, if you deposit your money in a bank, you are trusting that the bank will keep your money safe and that they will honor their obligation to return it to you when you ask for it. However, if the bank fails or goes bankrupt, you may lose your money. Similarly, when you invest in stocks or other financial instruments, you are relying on the issuer or the counterparty to fulfill their obligations to you. But what if they default, or what if the market crashes? The Bible tells us to be good stewards of the resources that God has entrusted to us. By using Bitcoin and other decentralized currencies, we can reduce our exposure to counterparty risk and be better stewards of our finances. As it says in Luke 16.10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So let us be wise and prudent with our finances, and let us take steps to protect ourselves from counterparty risk. Let us put our trust in God and in sound money such as Bitcoin that is grounded in the principles of decentralization, security, and transparency. May God bless you all. Amen. Amen, Reverend. That's about it for today. But I do have one final lesson. Stable coins are just shit coins. Stay away from them. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday for the best in Bitcoin mindshare. Ladies and gentlemen, Horace Morris and the Merkle Treehouse Band. See you Wednesday. Find us on Twitter at Merkle Treehouse. Please give us a follow.